Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, I am so glad you have joined me for this episode in our Finding Joy Again series. Last week, we looked at things that can keep us from having joy, and this week, we're going to look at some stepping stones that we can use to head us in the direction of having joy in our lives again. I want to just dig right into this, and the first one I want to talk about is helping others. Helping others can bring joy into our lives. Light and darkness can't exist in the same place. Think about it. If you're where it's really super dark, as soon as the tiniest light turns on, it's no longer dark, is it? That's what happens when we reach out and bring light to somebody. So I want to encourage you every single day, try to find at least one person that you can bring the tiniest bit of light to. It could be telling a stranger you like their purse. I mean, the simplest things. And we can go deeper with that as well. Helping others is a way to help yourself. And you can't stay in that dark place when you're bringing light to someone else. And when I talk about you can do bigger things too, and you really can, In my book, When Tragedy Strikes, I talk about helping a precious young lady named Hannah. Now, she lived across the country from me, but she reached out to me about six months after Becca died. And it was like, it was so fresh for me, too. And I I didn't know really how to help her other than really to say, let's just do this together. And so when she would ask me something, I would just answer the question. It really wasn't that big of a deal to me, but it was huge to Hannah. And it turned out being a bigger deal to me than I realized, actually. And when I found myself writing in, in the book, I wrote, giving back to Hannah brought a measure of joy back into my life. Every time we offer strength, we offer hope, or we help someone in some way, even if it's just being there with them, it opens the door wider for more joy to be released. It's God's law of sowing and reaping. Giving is a spiritual act that bears spiritual fruit. And I just want to say, don't base helping someone else on whether or not you feel like it, because you probably won't. If you see a need, just jump in and help with that need. And like I said, that is one of the stepping stones that we can use to get back onto the path of having joy in our lives again. It just warms our heart when we know that we've helped someone, even if it's bending down and picking something up for them. They're just really, I believe there are opportunities all around us every day where we can help someone. Even if maybe if we're not in contact with anybody directly, we think about somebody. You think about how much you, it would be so nice if somebody would just send you a text and say, hey, I was thinking about you today and praying for you. Wow, wouldn't that make you feel good? Wouldn't that be great? 
well, let's do things like that for other people. And knowing that you can just be a light to them, it does something inside of us. God made us that way. The next one is talking about music. God created music to be a pathway to the soul. It changes us. What we listen to changes us. It changes how we think. It changes how we feel. Music can even change our beliefs. I, I can tell you in my life, when I was in high school, I was in youth group. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I was very familiar with the Lord and had a relationship with him. But in high school, I started listening to a soft rock radio station. And of course, a lot of that is about love songs and all these other things. I wasn't listening to music that built up my spirit and drew me closer to God. I started listening to music that started feeding my soul in a way that I believe music had a big part to do with my drifting away for a while. And It's very true. Music, God created music to be a pathway to our soul, and it affects our soul, not just our spirit, but our soul. And our soul can determine whether we follow our flesh or whether we follow the spirit in us and God's spirit in us. Okay, so I'm talking about listening to music, but we can actually take that a step further and talk about singing with music. Now, I know for me personally, there are songs that are triggers. Sometimes I can hear a song and I have to turn it off right away because I'm not in a good place and I I can't go there. It makes me think about Becca and miss her. And other times that exact same song can come on the radio and I can crank it up because I want to sing with it. So I know that plays a part in things. But sometimes when we sing, We sing because we are joyful, but sometimes we need to stir up the joy that is in us by singing. I'm talking about songs that uplift us. You know what I'm talking about. There are songs that cause discouragement, that cause depression. They talk about how terrible life is. Those aren't the kinds of songs that we need to be listening to right now, are they? It's so easy to make a playlist on YouTube or other musical platforms where you can choose what you're listening to, choose the kind of songs you're listening to or the exact songs that you're listening to. And it's so important to have that as a backup, especially when we're really struggling. We can put on songs that begin to uplift us. I had a song this morning, as a matter of fact, that I listened to over and over and over again because I woke up um, just not feeling well. I, it was blah. I, I just... I just wanted to go back to bed. And so I put in this one song that I listened to over and over and over again. And it really did lift me up and pull me out of that place that I was in this morning. And I want to say it doesn't have to be praise music. It doesn't have to be worship music. It can be if that's what you need. But I'm just telling you it doesn't necessarily have to be. But the thing is praise does overwhelm doubt. Praise brings us up in our, in our spirit and our soul, and it opens the door to our hearts to have faith and hope and confidence that God is there for us, and he does still have us in hand. God gave us the Holy Spirit so we could have direct fellowship with him. And I believe that music is a key that unlocks the closed door of our hearts. 
And he also lives in us so that we can become more like him. I grew up thinking about, you know, becoming more like Jesus was becoming holy and becoming perfect. But I believe that God, more than anything, he wants us to be like him in his character. Think about those fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I believe that more than anything, those are the characters of God. It's the fruit of the Spirit living inside of us. And He wants us to be more like Him in those things, bearing His goodness and His fruit in our lives. And one of those fruits is joy. Now, I want you to think about this. Is God a joyful God? Are you looking forward to spending eternity with God in heaven who's angry, who's got a temper? You never know if this is the good God or the bad God. That's not who God is. I believe that one of the fruits of the Spirit in us that he wants to grow and mature in us is joy because he is a God of joy. He wants us to have joy because he wants us to be more like him. He wants us to enjoy life and to have happiness in our lives. I know a lot of times as Christians, I've heard at least the saying, you know, God isn't concerned with your happiness. God doesn't want you to be happy. And I just, I don't believe that's true because the Bible says in Zephaniah 317 that he is quieting me in his love and he is dancing and singing and rejoicing over me, over you. He is a God of happiness and joy. So that means we can be people of joy. And like I said, he sings and dances over us with joy. We can dance with joy. Dancing brings joy. So if you feel like it, if you've got a song on and it's actually starting to make you feel like you want to move, Go ahead and move. Tap your feet. Stand up. Move around. Because that movement, that dancing, think about it, a little child, how early, how little they are. When they start just naturally moving to the sound of music, it's a natural response for us to want to move to the music that we're listening to. So don't be afraid to just break through and dance to the music because that's another, just a, another level of joy, another way to open that door to bring joy back into our lives. Okay, let's go on to another one that's pretty tough for a lot of us, and that is forgiveness. Now, I talk about forgiveness a lot because I feel like it is so, so, so important, but I also know it's so, so, so hard after the death of our child, and there's so many people we have to forgive. But right now I'm going to share some things that I, I don't think I've shared most of this before. There is a woman named Debbie Morris, and she wrote a book, and there's been a movie about that book, Dead Man Walking, and she was a, a victim of this man and lived through it. And something interesting that she said is that God puts a higher priority on forgiveness than he does justice. And I, that's true. That is so true. God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of mercy. Think about in the Old Testament, the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God. There was the Ark of the Covenant in the very center of that tabernacle and of the temple. And on that Ark of the Covenant, there was a mercy seat. God had them build a mercy seat. It wasn't a judgment seat. It was a mercy seat. 
James tells us that mercy triumphs over judgment. Forgiveness is so important. It's more important than revenge. It's more important than almost anything. And when we hold on to bitterness and anger and unforgiveness, we are holding on to a key that we could use to unlock a door to bring joy back into our lives. Justice doesn't bring closure. It doesn't make things right. It just doesn't. And something I heard just this morning is closure isn't walking away from something and shutting the door behind you. It's about replacing a negative with something more powerful in your thinking, in your perspective, and in your words. Isn't that interesting? Closure is about replacing a negative with something more powerful in your perspective and in your words. So I really want to encourage you to ask God for his perspective and for his truth, especially in this area of forgiveness. The only thing that will release the anger and the bitterness and the unforgiveness that you might be carrying, and I'm talking about forgiving yourself, the perpetrator, your child for leaving you, and yeah, even God, you have to choose to forgive. It's a process. It's a choice that we make. It's not based on our feelings. It's based on this is something I need to do for my own healing, for my own benefit, so that I can get to a place where I want to live again, and not only want to live again, but I can live a life of meaning and purpose and peace and joy again. It is a process. We have to choose it over and over again. And if you say that I just can't forgive, it means one of two things. It means that you're not ready to start the process in your grief because we are, at the beginning, we're so overcome and overwhelmed by the grief that we really can't make that choice to forgive. It's not in us. Now, we know that God can give us that strength, but in the beginning of that darkness, there are just so many things going on that forgiveness is just one of those places we can't get to yet. Or, I said there's one or the other, or that you just plain won't forgive because we do get to a point where we begin to see things and begin to think through things in a way that we couldn't at the beginning after our child died. And we can easily say, I just can't forgive them. I can't do it. When really the words, we're saying words, but what's really inside of us is that I won't forgive. That person doesn't deserve to be forgiven. It's letting them off the hook. All kinds of things that just really aren't true. Things that we believe about forgiveness. See, forgiveness is, is for you. It's not for that other person. It's a gift you give yourself. It's toxic to you and to those around you. Not to the people you're angry with. Not to the people that you're holding on to this unforgiveness toward. And so if forgiveness is an area that maybe you're struggling in right now, the first eight episodes of this podcast all have to do with forgiveness and just an encouragement of why it's so important to forgive and all these different groups and people that we might need to forgive. So go look up episodes one through eight of this podcast and listen to the ones that will be helpful to you and admit which ones will be helpful to you. Maybe listen to all of them because you may discover an area that you didn't even realize you were uh, holding in unforgiveness. So I've had that happen uh, and people tell me that. So 
you might want to listen to all of them. Okay, let's go ahead and go on to the next one, which is, now I talk about this one a lot too, so don't roll your eyes if you hear me say it, if you've heard me say it before, and that is thankfulness or gratefulness. And I know because I hear from so many of you, I don't have anything to be thankful about. That's what you're telling yourself. I don't have anything to be thankful about. Well, let me just say joy, because remember, we're talking about all of this as stepping stones to joy. Joy isn't something that we either have or we don't have. It's something that has gone dormant in our grief because we have the joy of the Lord in us. We have the seed of hope in us. We have the seed of joy in us. We just have to figure out how to nourish it again so that it can begin to grow from being in that dormant state. And we can be passive about it. And I, I think about like muddy water or something where the sediment has like gone to the bottom and we have to stir it up. Maybe that's not a good example. <laughs> think of something not yucky, something good <laughs> that settles and we have to stir it up. And sometimes we stir up the joy in us that has sunk to the bottom, that's laying dormant in us. We have to do it in different ways. Sometimes it might be like I talked about music. Sometimes it might be remembering things like God's faithfulness to us in the past or something in my life right now. There are good things in your life right now. I know it's so hard for us to see it, but there are. And I did this myself, and the reason I talk about it is because how much it helped me and how much it helped the person that told me to, suggested for me to do it, is to have a thankfulness journal. Every night before you go to bed, make yourself write down three to five things from that day that you can be thankful for, and make yourself sit there until you do. It could be something like, I have a roof over my head. It could be, I can be thankful for this bed that I'm about ready to climb into, and I hope I don't climb out of it tomorrow. But be thankful for that bed you're climbing into. Maybe you have other children. I'm, I'm so sorry if you've lost your only child or all of your children. But for those of us who have other children, you can be thankful that you have your other children. You can be thankful for being able to look out your window and seeing a bird outside being thankful for being able to smell the pizza that you put in the oven tonight, being thankful that you can run through a drive through and get food and not have to cook, be thankful that you had a shower, a warm shower, and you could stand in there for an hour and cry. Be th there are Just see what I'm saying? You can find things to be thankful for. And I, I know some of you will still say, I just, I can't journal, I can't write, I don't know how to do this. And I just want to let you know that I did put together something to help those who, who say that. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do with this, especially the journaling piece. And we have a book called My Grief Journey. It's a coloring book and journal for bereaved parents. And each page is a word that we deal with in our grief journey. And they are all words like anger, time, heaven, hope, confusion, anxious, all kinds of words, 48 words that deal with our, our grief journey. And each page, you don't have to color it if you don't want to, but each page has a journaling prompt, fear. My greatest fear is. And I color in my own book. I use it. And that was the first page I colored. And I put in there, my greatest fear is losing another child. That's a fear I have to fight. Anyway, this is National Bereaved Parents Month. 
And we want to get that book into your hands. If this is something that you feel like would help you in your journey and just release some things in you, especially to help you get to a place of hope and joy and light and life again. And so we're going to make this book available to anyone who orders it in the month of July for only $5. And I will tell you at the end of the podcast how to get it. So that's all I'm going to say about that for now. And let's go on with the next one. And the next stepping stone that I want to talk about is being in his presence. Now, that might mean meditating on the word, and it might not. But if you do use the word as part of your time with the Lord to come into his presence, to be drawn in to the very presence of God, I want to tell you, don't study out verses and read verses about increasing your faith or making demands of what you have to do. Don't pick up Bible studies that talk about having enough faith. When, when Becca had her cancer and she, when she was only three and had her leg amputated, we had a couple people that really let us know that if we had had enough faith, that wouldn't have happened. And they gave us a little Kenneth Copeland booklet to learn more about faith. And that was not the issue. The issue is not a lack of faith. I guarantee you that. So don't take these things on. This is not the right time to be studying out how or why it was your fault, studying out the Word of God so that you can do better next time or figure out what you, it's just don't go there. So what I'm talking about, to be in his presence, to meditate in the Word, do something like read the Psalms. I mean, think about David. He, he went to the highest highs and the lowest lows. So much of the Psalms is coming from those low, low places and asking God, how long am I, am I going to be in this place of darkness? And, and then he would encourage himself and bring himself out of that place of darkness. So reading through the Psalms is, is, can be very encouraging for all of us as grieving parents. Letting God speak to you through scriptures in a new light, in a new way. For example, one of the scriptures that God really spoke to my heart about that was pretty exciting to me, had a totally new meaning to me after Becca died, was Ephesians 3.20. This is a familiar verse and one that we may not like after the death of our child, but let me show you how God spoke to me, how, what that made it so awesome for me. This is the scripture that says, He will do abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or think. And as a grieving parent, it's like, God, you blew that verse. You didn't, you didn't do that verse for me. But the thing is, after the death of our child, we are thrown into this place of darkness that is so dark, you can't even put words to it. There's so much pain, you can't even describe the pain and the suffocating darkness, that place we find ourselves thrown into. And we can't imagine getting out of it. We, most of us, we just want to die. We don't want to be here anymore. It's not that we're suicidal. We just, it's like, I can't, I can't live the rest of my life in this kind of pain. I can't do it, God. You've got to get me out of here. And that's where this verse comes in. He will do abundantly above and beyond all that you could ask or think. I couldn't imagine getting out of this darkness. And I, I think most of you listening, if you're in that place of darkness right now, you cannot even imagine getting out of this place of darkness. But that's okay because God can do that for you. He can do abundantly above and beyond all that you can ask or think in this place of dark grief. And that is exciting. Those are the kinds of things that we need to be thinking about. How about the scripture where Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be. 
it's okay that your heart is in heaven because you have a treasure in heaven. The exciting thing is he's preparing a place for me and he's preparing a place for you where we can go and be with our children at some point. Those are the kinds of things that we can meditate and think on. And let me just read a couple more scriptures to you here. First Chronicles 16.27 says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Meditate. Think about something like a verse like that. Job 33.26 says, Then that person can pray to God and find favor with him, and they will see God's face and shout for joy, and he will restore them to full well-being. It's not going to look the same as it did before our child died, but he can bring us, he can restore our inner person. He can restore our soul. He can bring us back to a good place in this life, a place of joy. And the thing is, you don't have to read your Bible to be in the presence of God. You don't. You don't have to be putting on worship music to be in the presence of God. You don't have to go to church to be in the presence of God. Sometimes all we need to do is just be in his presence. You don't have to do something. Just learn to sit in his presence. Go someplace where you can look out at nature, look out at a lake, look out at the ocean, sit and look out at the trees with the birds chirping and flying by maybe a rabbit or a squirrel, just sit there and stare out into this beauty that God created. Just let him speak to your heart from that place. Just be with him. Go into a room, close the door, and just be with him. You don't have to do anything. Just be in his presence. And I'm telling you, my friend, that is a stepping stone to joy because in his presence, there really is fullness of joy. And I, we're not going to be into that completion of the fullness of joy until we're actually face to face with him and with our children. But we can certainly move in that direction to be in his presence. There is joy in his presence. And you may not feel it at first because there may be layers of grief and darkness and pain that have to come off first. But if you keep just going and being in his presence, pretty soon after a while, your soul is going to start being refreshed. You're going to start feeling that weight lifted and the, the grief begin to lessen and peace begin to come in and joy begin to melt in. And it, it, it's again, it's a process. This whole thing of grief after the death of our child. It's a journey. It's a process. But let's let's be active and take these steps that will get us to this place that we need to be. We can't stay in this place of darkness. We need to get out of that. And being in his presence is one of those things. Now, the last one I want to talk about is acceptance. This happened and I can't change it. I know we torture ourselves, we think about the what-ifs, we think about if only I had or I hadn't, and it's a process that we all have to go through. I think we all have these kinds of, of thoughts in our head that we have to wrestle through, but at some point, there comes a time where we realize the regrets, the guilt, all of those questions of if only I had said, no, he can't go. If only I had 
waited five more minutes, if only all of those things, none of it's going to change what happened. It won't change it. And we have to get to a point where we accept the fact my child's not here. As much as it hurts, as much as I don't get it, he or she isn't here on earth with me anymore. I can't change the story, but I can change the ending of the meaning and the purpose of my child's life and mine. Don't stay stuck in the event of your child's death. Get to the point. Ask God to help you to get to the point where you accept the fact my child got her promotion before I did. That's really what happened. Becca was promoted to heaven before I was, and I have to accept that. And once I can accept that, then a lot of these other things can begin to pour into my life, and I can begin to build on these other things that we've been talking about in finding joy in our lives again. So the stepping stones to joy that I've talked about today are helping others, music that lifts us up, forgiving, thankfulness, just being in his presence, and acceptance. And the last thing I want to say is there is a difference between relationship and fellowship. Think about that for a minute. I can have a relationship with somebody and not necessarily be in fellowship with that person. And if you find ways to move beyond relationship into fellowship with God, with your Father who loves you unconditionally and loves your child, then you will be well on your way to having joy in your life once again. Now, I mentioned that I would tell you how to get the My Grief Journey book for only $5. If you go to the store on our website, gpshope.org, go to the store and the books, just go in there until you find the My Grief Journey, put it in your cart to get the book for only $5. The other thing I want to mention real quick is right now we are having a live weekly study from the book When Tragedy Strikes. We're talking about our body, soul, and spirit, how each part of us takes a hit in our grief and talking and learning about how we can strengthen ourselves in all three of these areas. To find out more about the course and how to join us, just go to gpshope.org slash WTS course and you'll get the information there. Let's go ahead and move on to our birthday segment today. First, we have Andres Martinez who was born on July 7th, and he is forever 21. Jessica Lynn Zerlong was born on July 9th and is forever 30. Ethan Barkley Weberpaul was born on July 10th and is forever 18. Stephanie Waters was also born on July 10th, and she is forever 21. Eviardo Martinez, who is known as Heavy Evie, was born on July 11th and is forever 19. Clifford Patrick Keenan Jr. was born on July 11th and is forever 21. Norma Gomez was born on July 11th also 
and is forever 12. Eric Breslau was born on July 11th and is forever 25. We celebrate with these families the day that God brought these children into the world and into their lives. If you would like to have your child's birthday shared with our listeners, just go to gpshope.org birthdays, fill out that short little form there and submit it, and I would be honored to announce your child's birthday the week that he or she was born as well. I know there are more things that can be stepping stones that will lead us to joy again. The ones that I talked about in this episode are just the ones I've thought about and wanted to share with you here. If you have one that we didn't talk about, something that has helped you, feel free to share it in the comments below the podcast on the website. Just go to gpshope.org and hit the podcast, go to episode 64, and share with us something that has helped you in your journey towards joy. Next week, I'm going to tackle some of the hard verses, like the book of James telling us to count it all joy when you encounter trials. So I hope you join me. And until then, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.